Hello there, Jack. How are you? Long time no see. Good afternoon, Simon. I'm pretty good, thank you. And yourself? I am A-OK. When did I see you? <coughs> oh, uh, months, years months, ago? Not, not long enough ago, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Fine. Listen, last week, pause that, did you? Well, I did, actually. I'm... And you enjoy it, me and Blair? On I fire? Was, I thought it was great, although <laughs> I'm debating whether I'll take another holiday and leave you two in charge. Why? What do you wrong? What's know. wrong? Mr. Soares. Yes, Mr. Soares. Did he have a sore arm or a sore foot? What's wrong with Mr. Soares? Well, I think, was he no Brazilian or Portuguese yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, Soares, Soares. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Soares is not the pronunciation, Si. Is that right? How do you pronounce it? Well, I'm happy to be corrected by the listeners, but I would have went with Suarez. <laughs> Suarez? Is that Suarez. right, Jack? Really? I think is that so, right? yeah. I think he's a Suarez, not uh, a fine. Mr. And Suarez. Sleep. <laughs> and sleep. Right, you guys in, Jack? Yeah. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is intended for managers and business owners and aims to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. This is our Lobbying Headlines season. We take a look at the stories making headlines and ask, is this case for real? How do we get away with that? And what is Lobbying Headlines? And this season features a discrimination topic, isn't it, Jack? It's all about discrimination. This is episode eight. Okay, this is episode eight. Eight of season eight. Yep, it is indeed. It's been a, a very full-on season with discrimination cases, and today is no exception, Simon. Is that correct? Correct, correct, correct. So this um, case we're talking about today is the case of Mr. McClung against Dusan Babcop Limited. Um, great name, that like that name. And as you will see, if you look at the kind of show notes, we've got the citation and the judgment in the show notes. This was an employment tribunal case, Simon, wasn't it? Yep, and it was. was a preliminary hearing. So not a full final hearing, but a preliminary hearing to determine the specific issue of whether or not the employee, Mr. McClung's belief in supporting the Mighty Rangers Football Club amounted to a philosophical belief within the meaning of the Equality Act 2010. Very interesting. So as <laughs> listeners will know, a belief is defined as any religious or philosophical belief including lack of belief. In this case, Mr. McClung was arguing that supporting Rangers was a philosophical belief. That is what he said. Quite an interesting case. I've actually kind of, it's one of those ones that I think probably many employment lawyers, maybe especially those in the sort of the Glasgow area, have probably waited to see how a case like this might be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, Mr. McClung was a supporter of Glasgow Rangers Football Club for around 42 years which was basically most of his life. Mr McClung was taken to a Celtic Rangers game by his father when he was around eight years old and had been hooked ever since. Poor laddie. <laughs> he was a member of Rangers and he received a birthday card from them each year and was recently invited to visit Ibrox to see the Scottish Cup. OK, and Mr McClung gave evidence saying the following. Rangers keeps me going. It gets you out of mundane life where you're sitting at home and depressed. You wake up on a match day and you're buzzing. Then you get the game and there's the energy with the whole stadium bouncing, around 50,000 people singing. It lifts you to levels you can't get to in normal life. It's like being part of something bigger than a football club. I'll go to the games until the day I die. It's a life commitment, said Mr McClung. Okay, so again, Mr McClung argued that there was a serious aspect to Rangers which made fans the subject of attack by anti-Rangers people. 
Now, Mr McClung described himself and also most Rangers fans as caring passionately about the UK and having loyalty to Northern Ireland and the Queen. Mr McClung had heard sectarian mocking of the Rangers' Ibrox disaster in 1971, where 66 people had died. He also knew of violence on old farm match days and had heard sectarian comments and songs. Is that right, Jack? That I, know is, I know the typing says sectarian, but that's clearly wrong, isn't it? That is, you got it right, Simon. It's um, not secretarian, it's sectarian. <laughs> okay. Well done. Okay. Um, now, Mr McClung believed that there were 1.4 million Rangers fans in the UK. That's a staggering number. Isn't and that amazing? 8 million worldwide. Now, he was trying to argue that his belief in supporting Rangers amounted to a philosophical belief in accordance with the Equality Act, Section 10, and he was essentially arguing that being a Rangers supporter amounted to a protected characteristic for the purposes of claiming discrimination. Mm, interesting. Mr McClung said in the kind of the press cutting, he said, discrimination happens at work because you're a Rangers fan. Supporters need protection against this happening. So again, that was a quote in the press. Okay, so let's talk about the test for a philosophical belief, Jack, shall we? Yeah, of course. So the um, the case that the central case that seems to be referred to in every claim of um, religion or belief discrimination is that of Granger PLC against Nicholson, and that case helpfully set out some guidance about the criteria that have to be established for a case to succeed as a philosophical belief. I think it's a five-part test you have to satisfy as a as a claimant. So the first test is the belief must be genuinely held. Second test, it must be a belief, not an opinion or a viewpoint, and it must be based on the present state of information available. Thirdly, it must be a belief as to weighty and substantial aspects of human life and behaviour. It must attain a certain level of cogency, seriousness, cohesion and importance. And lastly, it must be worthy of respect in a democratic society, must not be incompatible with human dignity and not conflict with the fundamental rights of others. So that's a five-part test which employs to satisfy all five parts to satisfy the kind of the test for belief. Is that right, Jack? Yep, absolutely correct. So only if all of the five boxes can be ticked will the tribunal uphold that the, the person, the claimant, has a, a successful claim. Mm-hmm. And um, there have been a number of examples of these in the past, um, which the tribunals have grappled with all sorts of different types of asserted philosophical beliefs. So we've seen the Granger guidance applied to various different cases over the years. Mm -hmm. One example was an employment tribunal which found a civil servant who had very strong ties to the Labour Party could bring a religion or belief discrimination claim. Now, although his mere support of the political party would not be enough to protect him, it was his political belief in a democratic socialism, as enshrined by the Labour Party's core values, that qualified him for the protection here as a philosophical belief. That must have satisfied all five parts of the test, mustn't it, Jack? It must have done, yep. And again, Employment Tribunal recently held a belief in the sanctity of life, extending to a fervent anti-fox hunting and anti-hair coursing belief, constituted philosophic belief. 
Yep. Another one which was also successful was the belief of a particular claimant in the higher purpose of public service broadcasting. And again, that was protected. And again, Ethan veganism can amount to protected philosophical belief in terms of the yep. equality act. So again, it doesn't matter about the kind of the belief. It can also include the lack of belief too, which is interesting. Absolutely. I'll give you a hundred quid if you can get the name of that case. Soares. <laughs> Suarez. <coughs> Casa Casa, I was going to get that, I was going to get that. No, you weren't, I was going to get that, Jack. No, I was going to get that. Pay up. I don't have a hundred pounds. <laughs> okay. Right, so moving back to the McClung case, <laughs> um, Let's find out and discuss, Simon, how the tribunal um, actually applied the Granger test to the facts uh, which were put on the table by Mr. McClung. Should the headline first, shall we? Oh, yeah. Well, don't let me, <laughs> that, don't let me forget the headline, Simon. <laughs> okay. So what should the headline be for this set of circumstances, Jack, would you say? Mm, game over for Rangers fan mm. in discrimination claim. Mm, good one. How's about McClung shoots... McClung misses. I like that, Si. That's a good one. What was the actual headline, Jack, in this case? The actual headline was, Rangers are my religion, says dad of two in landmark £80,000 employment battle. Hmm. I think there's the better, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's the best they went down there today. I think they maybe outdone us on that one, yeah. You can tell we're not... Um, yeah, we're not we're not rocking the football puns particularly well no, today. Not the best, is it? Okay, so as you say, Jack, um, the the judge applied the Granger test and the five part test. And what did the judge um, decide? Well, first of all, the first part of the test is that the, the belief must be genuinely held. In this case, the employment judge said, "Of course, Mr. McClung had genuinely held belief. He was an avid fan of Rangers, and therefore he satisfied the first test." Is that right, Jack? Yep, absolutely. The second test is that the belief, it must be a belief, not merely an opinion or a viewpoint. Now, the judge suggested here that Mr. McClung had pled his case on the basis of his belief being supporting Rangers Football Club. So that was what the belief was, not to do with allegiance to the Queen or him being a unionist. These were separate issues which he had not pled as part of his case. The judge stated that the definition of support as being actively interested in and concerned for the success of a particular sports team contrasted with the definition of a belief as being an acceptance that something exists or is true. Essentially, one without proof or an acceptance one accepts as true or real as firmly held belief. So the employment judge found that Mr McClellan did not satisfy the second part of the test. So he fell at the second hurdle site. The belief must be a weighty and substantial aspect of human life and behaviour. And I suppose um, for many individuals that support any different football teams, they would you can see why somebody might think that way, <laughs> particularly an avid fan. Yep. However, the judge pointed to the fact that Mr McClung um, enjoyed the pre-match build-up and he woke up buzzing on match days, bought tickets for games, engaged in the singing of songs in matches, etc. However... The judge found that these were all matters personal to Mr. McClung and were very subjective. They were not weighty or substantial, said the judge. Mr. McClung compared with the earlier case of ethical veganisms, which satisfied all five parts of the test, and he said that was similar to him being a Rangers supporter. However, the judge considered that support for a football club was akin to a lifestyle choice, 
rather than a substantial aspect of human life and behaviour. Therefore, he did not satisfy the third test. So, one satisfied, two and three not satisfied of the test. The fourth test is the belief must attain a certain level of cogency, seriousness, cohesion and importance. The judge found that whilst Mr McClung enjoyed the Rangers match and post-match habits, there's nothing to suggest that fans had to behave in a similar way. The only common linking factor was the fact that fans wanted their team to do well and win. So although Mr McClellan referred to his support for the union and loyalty to the Queen as meaning his belief was serious, the judge disagreed. So again, the fourth part of the test was not satisfied. And then the fifth and final part of the test is about the requirement for the belief to be worthy of respect in a democratic society. And in that point, the judge held that because the support for Rangers has no larger consequences for humanity as a whole, nothing under underpinning it beyond a desire for the team to do well, Mr McClung's belief had no impact on how people lived their lives. Therefore, Mr McClung failed in the fifth test. Poor Mr McClung. Poor, poor Mr McClung. But interesting to see the kind of the test applied, the five-part test applied as the Granger t- test um, yeah. suggests. I mean, the test's got quite wide parameters, so it's... Um, you know, this is just one of a number of cases that I'm sure will continue to be tested totally. as different people have different beliefs and different views on things, you know. I mean, there's obviously, it's been a sad couple of weeks in the recent times that's passed and the, the belief for the royal family and things, who knows that totally. there may be, there could be something that comes out of that. Hopefully totally. not, but you just never know. But the point I'm rambling on it, as I suppose, <laughs> is that there's no, there's potentially no boundaries to the types of things that people can allege as amounting to philosophical belief, particularly if it's, you know, it's strongly within their belief by them, but that might not be enough, as it was the case for poor Mr. McClung. And again, until we get more EAT guidance, we can't really kind of um, comment further than that, can we, Jack? No, we can't. But we do, what we can do, what we can do with a smile (laughs) is deliver three takeaway tips in regards to this case. I missed these, Jack. Have you missed them, Si? Did you uh, you guys do three takeaway tips last week when you were going on about this? They were really good. They were really... (laughs) Mr. Suarez, we did it really good. I had a that episode. Jack, it was really good because, again, we did lots of puns. Did you? Ear-based puns. Ear, ear, ear. Listening ear. I had a sore ear after listening to that (laughs) podcast. Get out then. Okay, I'll do... Tip number one. Tip number number one. one. Always cover your bases when you're pleading a case. If Mr. McClung had pled this case and his belief relating either to the Union or the allegiance to the Queen, as he mentioned, might have been different. But because he didn't plead his case that way, he was only allowed to focus on being a Rangers fan, Mm -hmm. which wasn't enough here. Okay, tip number two. Tip two. Every case is to be judged on its own facts. So just because this case was not successful, that's not to say that another football-related claim would be doomed to fail. A claim for you, United support, Jack, would that succeed, do you think? Is that weighty substantial? Not in my life. Can you? <laughs> maybe fishing would be, but I'm thinking oh. maybe another football team or the same football team <laughs> in that in that um, Glasgow belt, and if it was more related to a kind of a religious element, yes. perhaps, yes. then there could be some mileage in that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> okay. And tip three, Jack, come tip on. Tip three, beware of religion and belief. These types of issues are very prevalent. We're seeing quite a lot of claims, mm-hmm. even in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
although Mr. McClung was not successful here, the goalposts in relation to these types of matters yuck. are constantly yuck. widening. Yuck, yuck, so, yuck. Exactly. You're taking a pun, Jack. <laughs> is it? That was a rubbish pun. Uh, you can't what say. Just get get Dream Lover Blair back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. I use podcast. Please subscribe to our Employment Pocket Podcast, your normal podcast host. And again, you can leave a review. If you want to leave a review? We've got a review, don't maybe she was we left do. last week by uh, J. Riley. J. C. Riley. Check out John John C. Riley. I think uh, the actor. I think it would be him. The famous actor with curly hair. I think he would listen to this kind of. What? This is the type of material that he really needs in his life. What does John C. Riley say in his, his his review then, Jack? John C. Riley says, <laughs> "No need to call Saul Goodman when you can listen to Employment Lawyer in your pocket for free." Very useful, fun and informative discussion is provided by Simon and Jack and Co. Lovely stuff. Thank you, John C. It's a lovely review to get, isn't it, Jack? It is indeed. Thank you. Good stuff, right? Cheers, guys. Cheers and cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio.